Are you an EMDR therapist and parent who wants to make more money, have more time with your family, and get better results with your clients? Welcome to the Future Template Parent Podcast. I'm your host, Carolyn Solo, LCSW, EMDR consultant, business coach, and mom of three kids under seven. I realized that the grind of weekly sessions was taking a massive toll on my ability to be the kind of parent and therapist I wanted to be. So I dove headfirst into learning about intensives. I read all the books and articles and did all the trainings. Now I've transformed my schedule, my income, and my clinical outcomes by offering intensive EMDR in my practice. I want to teach you how to do this too, so you can build a practice you love and spend more quality time with your family. Let's create the future template for your life as a parent and as a therapist. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 39 of the Future Template Parent Podcast. I am Carolyn Solo, your host, LCSW. EMDR therapist and mom of three daughters. Thanks for joining me. Today, I want to talk about something that I haven't really talked about specifically, but I've certainly mentioned it. Um, But given the name of this podcast, shouldn't be a surprise that I'm going to talk about it. We're going to talk about the future template, what it is, a little review on what it is. I'm going to quote our wonderful foundational text by Francine Shapiro um, and talk a little bit about how I use it in intensives and some like specific examples. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to review it for you guys a little bit, some thoughts on how I use it in an intensive and that I don't only use just when we've cleared all the targets. Um, Yeah, let's get into it. And as always, I welcome your insight and feedback. You can share your thoughts with me. Um, So the future template, it is important. It's the name of this podcast, after all, the future template parent podcast. Um, Why did I choose the name for the podcast? Besides that, it just kind of sounds cool and cute and alliterative. Because I love the idea of how EMDR intensives offering them can totally transform your future, how you see your future practice um, as a practitioner And importantly for me and for many of you, how you function as a practitioner who's also a parent. You can create a new template for your life, for your practice, and for your clinical outcomes. Um, When you look at Dr. Francine Shapiro's, you know, big honking EMDR text, the one we were all supposed to read before basic training, and I will just confess that I am kind of a nerd and I did read the whole thing. Uh, I'm not sure how much of it I really understood before going to the training, but I did read it. Um, A lot of it went over my head, but it has been cool to look back on it as someone who has now been doing EMDR for several years. Um, But yes, I have read it all (laughs) and there's really good stuff in there. Um, So the, the text, the version of the text that I'm going to be quoting from is uh, Francine Shapiro's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing therapy, third edition. uh, And that came out in 2018. So that's the version that I have. And I think that's the newest version. Well, Francine Shapiro, I believe she passed in 2018. So um, I think that's as of now the most recent edition. Um, So yeah, let's just look at what she says about future template. Um, I'm going to sort of put this in my own words, but a lot of quoting from what she says, because she puts it so well. So I will try to go slowly, but this is a good review for all of you, so you don't have to go pouring through your worksheets and handouts and texts. 
So she says that success with EMDR therapy requires the careful use of all three prongs of the standard EMDR protocol. These three stages call for the clinician to address the appropriate targets and needs in relation to the client's past, present, and future, and to proceed when the client is appropriately prepared. Regardless of how the childhood material is ordered for targeting, so to me that means like, are you doing first, worst, most recent? Are you doing whatever comes up for whatever order you choose for um, ordering your targets? You still need to use all three prongs of the protocol, okay? I think a lot of us can get really focused on the past and do most of our work there, but the protocol does say past, present, and future. Um, Once the past events related to a particular area of dysfunction, these are Francine's words, have been processed, and then you associate, you, excuse me, you um, process like current triggers and current disturbing situations, that's your present, then you're going to incorporate a positive future future template. So the three-pronged protocol is used to identify, target, and process one, the earlier memories causing the problems, okay? Two, the present experiences triggering the disturbance that are, of course, related to the earlier memories, right? And three, the skills and behaviors needed for adaptive future functioning, right? And so that's going to be our future template. And you want to incorporate, internalize these positive templates so that you have them in your nervous system to access. So now I am editorializing a little, of course. Um, so, excuse me, reading, moving on to the next quote. Apologies for just cutting off there. And you'll notice my voice sounds different right now than it just did because I have a cold. And I uh, actually was recording the podcast a couple days ago in two chunks, and I deleted the second chunk by accident. So I am back on Monday recording the second part of the podcast. So, um, and if you're watching me on YouTube, I'm wearing different clothes. (laughs) Uh, Such is the life of of technology, and I'm not great at it. Um, Okay, so back to future template and talking about how Francine Shapiro talks about it in the EMDR podcast. textbook that we all know and love. So one of the things that she says after what I just sort of read to you, which was describing, you know, what is the future template, is that she says that you should not incorporate a detailed positive future template, which she says should not generally be attempted. So of course, there are exceptions, um, until both the earlier memories that caused the dysfunctional reaction, so like the target memories in the past, and the present stimuli that are related to the past target are successfully reprocessed. So you're going past, present, future. (coughs) Since new and more adaptive positive cognitions are possible once the memories are processed, more adaptive actions can be envisioned by the client. So basically what that's saying is that you can imagine a better, a more positive, a more adaptive future template because you've already sort of internalized those positive cognitions. And um, going on, she says, the clinician should use EMDR EMDR processing to metabolize the dysfunctional material that drives the maladaptive behavior and to assist the client in imagining more life-enhancing responses and in formulating appropriate behaviors in her mind. Okay. And then she basically gives you what doing a future template would be, the steps to a future template. So you've got 
bilateral stimulation going, and you're going to process any disturbance that comes up while you're pro while you're having the client run this future template. Okay, so the client imagines the scene of acting effectively in the future. Okay, step one. And Shapiro says, this focus generally infuses an initial sense of well-being. And then two, runs a movie from start to finish of acting effectively in the future. This generally really, bleh, reveals, excuse me, any additional concerns or blocks, right? So you're going to process those pieces as they come up. Um, and, you know, as you process those individual blocks, and then the fewer of them that there are, the client is going to feel more able to respond adaptively to situations that feel similar to the target, to the past prong, right? And when they're running the movie, clients are asked to notice any negative feelings, beliefs, or disturbing sensations that arise while they're imagining the positive future template. And then I'm just going to read the wording that she suggests for presenting this to a client. So, quote, I'd like you to imagine yourself coping effectively with a similar situation in the future with the new positive belief of whatever their positive cognition is from that effectively processed past target and a feeling of whatever the body sensation or emotion they describe experiencing, um, you know, with the set of zero, with the book of seven. Um, notice how you're handling, I'm sorry, in, imagine stepping into the scene with those things, with like basically imagining the positive cognition and the positive body state. Then imagine stepping into this scene, right? Notice how you're handling the situation and what you're thinking, feeling, and experiencing in your body. And then what are you noticing? Okay. And then anything that comes up that's negative, any blocks, any anxieties, any fears, those are going to be targeted directly by sets of BLS. Um, so that kind of gives you a general framework and this might cause other targets to emerge, right? If there is, you know, if the client's having a difficult time moving through the future template positively, adaptively, there's probably some other unresolved material that needs addressing. So this can be kind of a check on your processing. Like, did we get everything when we did that target? If not, what else is there? So we're kind of going back to, um, checking that. And then when we clear whatever's in the past that may be blocking, then you can continue to run the future template and see if that's been resolved and see if there's any other um, blocks that come up. Um, okay, if there are no apparent blocks and the client can visualize the future scene with confidence and clarity, ask them to focus on the image and positive belief associated with the scene and introduce several sets of bilateral stimulation until the future template is effectively strengthened. So to evoke of seven or an ecologically appropriate evoke, right? Focusing on the image and that positive belief. So it's a seven. And then, you know, once they've done that with that particular moment, with that, like when the block is, if that's a, sorry. <laughs> um, and then have the client run the movie again, right? and continue imagining that positive cognition from start to finish. Again, anytime there's a block where it doesn't feel uniformly positive, you're gonna process as needed. Um, right, so essentially you wanna to get to a place where the client can run the movie with no blocks, right? You just sort of keep going back if 
that's not happening and finding what other unprocessed material is there. And sometimes the processing during the future template is sufficient, right? Like you get through any blocks by just doing that. But sometimes if things aren't moving, it's a really good sign that this is a target that you need to go back to and spend more time on in sort of the past prong, right? You want to see what else is there. You might want to do a float back. You might want to see what is like, oh, come on, computer. You might want to see what's going on there that is causing it to be so difficult to um, run this future template effectively, right? And, you know, I think something that can come up when we're hearing all this is that it sounds like it takes a really long time. And some of these things can take a really long time. But if you're following protocol pretty closely, ideally the future template should move relatively quickly, right? You should have done enough good work with the past prong to not need a ton of time with the future prong. Um, and that doesn't always happen, and that's okay, but um, it isn't always going to be like exhaustively like over and over and over again. We're doing this future template, nothing's going right. And, you know, if you know anything about me, as I think I said earlier in the episode, I don't follow the rules exactly. I think there are ways to incorporate future template like in a creative way as you go along, um, as it seems relevant, that can be very effective and maybe aren't all about getting to a Voke of seven and a set of zero when thinking about this future event, but like maybe you make some progress. Um, so I know that's a lot. I encourage you to like go back and read the sections in, Fran in Francine Shapiro's book because I did kind of summarize them and um, I did my best, but I didn't fully explain all of it, I don't think. So I would go back and read that for more clarification or read whatever you got in your basic training, but just kind of a reminder of what really the future template is about. Um, like, what's its original intent? And how do you think about it in terms of the overall conceptualization of the three-pronged protocol? Um, in my experience and also in my practice, I'm just going to be honest, I think the future template's the prong that gets neglected the most frequently. Um, we focus so much on reprocessing the past, right? Which, of course, is essential to progress. And reprocessing the past is going to give you great results. It's not like if you don't do a future template, um, your client is going to self-destruct and any progress you've made is going to go away. But, you know, this is sort of the ideal situation following the protocol and the model to fidelity. So, right, we focus a lot on reprocessing the past. And then we tend to sort of spend time with present day triggers and symptoms, which like almost naturally, I find that that kind of just emerges organically as you're going along, like clients will connect to or present like very recent moments that feel similar to the past targets as they're reprocessing past events, right? Um, they may even identify a present day event as a specific target and using the recent traumatic event protocol or RTEP, which is what I use when I offer an intensive, you are kind of focusing on things that are pretty recent. So it's not unlikely at all that a client would bring up something that just happened as part of the um, processing protocol. So, um, you know, I just think that the thing about future template is that you have to be intentional about it, okay? And you have to think about where you're going to fit it in and what kind of time you want to allot to um, doing so, right? Because especially in an intensive, right, you might not get through all the past material, uh, and that's our focus. So it's okay if you don't get there. It doesn't mean that your intensive is, you know, a failure and you haven't made progress with the client, but it does mean that there are opportunities to do more work if you so choose or to say to the client, like, hey, if you want to go back to a traditional hourly EMDR therapist, these are some things that you can work on. Right. So, yeah, I would say that I'm definitely guilty of finishing an intensive and then realizing we didn't do any future template stuff. Um, 
And that doesn't mean that we didn't do good work. And the future template is incredibly powerful and can add profoundly to the sense of integration and empowerment that the client feels. So yeah, you know, all of those things are true, right? It's a great thing to do. And in an intensive, you have limited time, so it might not happen. <laughs> like both those things can be true, right? Um, I do urge you to think, and I'm just, like talking to myself here too, because I'm not great about this. As the target is moving towards completion, right? Could you weave in the future template, even just a little bit, even if it feels clunky, you know, because you don't have to wait until the entire episode is clear to do the future template, right? In fact, you're supposed to do it with each target, which again, could feel like a lot. I mean, you could also do it where like you get close to the end of the intensive and you decide to do the future template based on whatever you've done so far, right? So there's different ways to do it. And I don't think any of them are wrong. I think it's important for me to always say like, this is what practicing to fidelity looks like and acknowledging that we're not robots and we're not machines and that intensives mean we have limited time. So all sorts of different things can happen that still can be considered legitimate EMDR and that you're not going to break or harm someone. Like I'm sure there are people that have been in EMDR therapy for years who've never done a future template and they're not out here saying EMDR sucks. I just think that it is something that's worth thinking about more because it is really effective and it's a tool that we have. And not, not only is it a tool that we have, it's something that's part of the actual standardized protocol. So, um, yeah, and I would say that for myself, something I'm actually trying to pay more attention to in this year, in 2024, is like thinking critically about why I diverge from standard protocol when I choose to do that, right? Not just doing it because I feel like it or because it feels fun or because I feel like restrained or that it's too rigid, right? experimenting with what happens when I adhere closely to standard protocol. Of course, I'm always going to adapt to the client when I see how they're responding, but it has been interesting and useful to do this. Um, and again, as someone who's not like a super big rule follower, I think it's a good experiment for me to try sometimes following the rules. Um, I think something I've been thinking about more, I was actually talking to another EMDR colleague about this, is the WAIT acronym, W-A-I-T, why am I talking? And I think that's taught in some basic trainings to like think about between sets, just sort of in terms of staying grounded in standard protocol. Um, you know, I think I have a tendency, and I think a lot of us who are EMDR therapists do, to talk more between sets than maybe we should. We like to talk. We feel comfortable and useful when we're talking, um, even if it isn't necessarily in the best interest of the client processing. Um, EMDR is different than talk therapy. It's not supposed to feel like talk therapy with bilateral stimulation added. So, you know, anyway, just a couple of thoughts on that. And I would be interested in hearing what other people think about, uh, you know, talking less <laughs> and how that feels. Um, and other people, I don't know if you struggle with that, any of you, but I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts. So a few examples of how I've used a future template in an intensive. Um, I had a intensive client who had lost a premature baby after the baby was born premature and the baby didn't survive. And we, we did some beautiful work reprocessing and, and great stuff. And, and we had about 45 minutes left and we certainly could have gone on to another target, but the client was feeling positive about the progress that we had made over the three days. And so I sort of suggested like, what's a time in the future that you think could kind of test you in terms of, you know, how you have processed this experience. And she said, Oh, I know I have a friend who's about to get married and I know that they're going to try for a baby right away. And I'm worried that she's going to get pregnant first before I do again. 
And so that was a very specific future template piece, but it was certainly related to the entire theme of the uh, intensive. And I hadn't done the future template, I'll be honest, with each target that we had cleared. But I sort of thought, like, let's do some global future templating. And it felt very supportive to her. Um, I've also, this is with an hourly client, but she's an ongoing hourly client, um, someone who lost a baby um, because the baby was very sick and she found out at her 20 week scan. This client is pregnant again and is um, anticipating the upcoming 20 week scan for this new pregnancy. As far as everyone knows, the pregnancy is going well, but even still the 20 week scan was when she found out with her, with her baby that she lost the thing that the baby was very, very sick. So of course this 20 week scan, even though there's no signs that anything is wrong signs, you know, is feeling very, very scary and heavy for her. So we did some future templating around that. One of the cool things that came up was one of the things she's actually really feeling is just grief for her lost baby and fears that somehow this new baby will overshadow her lost baby. Like people will stop talking about her lost baby. People will act like her lost baby doesn't exist. And that that was really what was behind this. So the future templating actually turned into kind of like her processing um, how she would handle those conversations after the 20 week scan, you know, what people might say and how she might respond. So I thought that was a really cool use of the future template. And again, we're still processing, um, like not going to go into too many details, but there's still plenty of work for us to do, even though we've processed a lot of the loss. Um, it wasn't that long ago. And so there's still going to continue to be stuff there. It's incredibly tragic. So we're our, she's an hourly client. We continue to kind of march forward with what presents from week to week. Sometimes we return to targets that aren't complete. Sometimes something new comes up and we just threw in a little future template, you know, not because we were done, but because it felt effective and because we'd done enough processing to say like, this might be really supportive. Um, another client who um, uh, actually came in for health anxiety. We did the intensive sort of around health anxiety and, and, he did beautiful processing, really great work. And then I sort of asked, like, let's imagine a future scenario. I kind of did the future template thing. And what was interesting was he actually picked an upcoming flight that he had um, for business. He was flying for work and he hadn't flown since before COVID. And he said to me when we were setting up a target that he, in, as an adult, has not flown without taking an Ativan first. So that flying was very anxiety inducing for him. And for whatever reason, it felt similar to his system to the health anxiety and the health scares that we had already worked through. Um, and we did the future template of like sort of imagining going on the flight, not taking the Ativan, all the coping strategies he'll use and all that stuff. He ended up, he came back and he told me, he emailed me post-intensive, post-flight saying, I didn't have to take an Ativan. I didn't love that four hour flight, but I handled it the best I have in my adult life. So awesome use of future template. And then actually I talked to him over the phone briefly. Uh, we didn't see each other, but I sort of like had him install the resource of the successful flight. So that's something else he can take in the future. Right. And then finally, one more example, um, a client who has been struggling with an estranged parent, estranged from a parent um, and knowing that they were going to see that parent at a big family function and that that was not going to be avoidable um, and sort of doing a future template of how they were going to handle that. Um, so just a few examples. And, you know, I checked in with all these people after each of these, just to kind of see how they handled it. You know, a couple of these people were actually 
clients that I either see hourly or like once a month. So we were able to check in then, but the intensive clients, I checked in with them, you know, cause I'm not going to continue working with them. Just, you know, my email saying, Hey, just wanted to see how this went. I think that's another way that we can really show like the quality of care of this experience, like sort of that follow up. Um, and, you know, it also gives you an opportunity to say like, Hey, maybe if this is something you're interested in offering, maybe you need to come back in for like a booster session or whatever. Right. So just, that's kind of a marketing piece there. If that's something you're open to doing, like booster sessions with people, that is a way to kind of make a case for them with the person. And again, not that you're going to lie about that. That would only naturally emerge if you felt like it was right and appropriate. But I'm just saying that has happened to me. So the future templating piece has kind of led to that. So yeah, just a couple thoughts there. Like I'd love to hear about how you use the future template, like what questions you have about it. Do you do things differently than I do? Do you think that I am, you know, just a total charlatan and scofflaw for not following protocol exactly? If you do, that's great. That's okay. I'm open to that conversation. And I would love to hear, I would love to disagree with people on this and have a healthy dialogue because, you know, there's so many camps in the EMDR world. And I think we only get better by discussing with each other. Um, you can always drop me a DM on Instagram at future template parent with any feedback or comments on the podcast. Like I love hearing from you and it's helpful for me as I think about additional topics for episodes. That's something else you can always let me know. I'd love to know what you want me to talk about. Um, often I'm like coming up with stuff myself, (laughs) um, that I think is useful, but I'm also so open to people's requests. (laughs) I would love to talk about things you want to hear me talk about. So today, future template, that's what we talked about. Um, A little bit about how I use it, basically what it is, a little review of that, and some examples from my own practice of when I have used it. Um, Again, you can follow me on Instagram at future template parent. Check out my website, www.futuretemplateparent. If you haven't already, to stay updated with all my offerings, you can get onto my email list there. Um, I hope you all have a great week. This next episode, episode 40, I'm going to be talking about a little scary thing that all of us can deal with when we're thinking about marketing our practice online and certainly marketing high ticket intensives in general. What if someone calls me greedy, calls me out on social media or says it to me over a phone call and how we kind of manage those conversations? Because I will just say that something along those lines happened to me not too long ago. I know it happens to all of us, um, and I just thought I would share a little bit about my experience uh, just because it might be supportive to you guys. So have a great week. Thank you for listening as always, and take care of yourselves. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Future Template Parent Podcast. I hope you've learned something that can help you move from feeling overwhelmed to energized about your practice and your personal life. You don't have to choose one over the other. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, and please share it with another EMDR therapist who would benefit from hearing this episode. Each review helps us get the message out about how offering EMDR intensives can liberate your practice. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app so you don't miss a single episode. See you next week.